Grace, mercy, peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This evening, we're going to focus on two passages from Holy Scripture. Jim read a moment ago the first verse of chapter 11 in the book of Numbers, which goes like this. And the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some outlying parts of their camp. And then from Paul's letter to the Thessalonian church, his first letter, from chapter 5 reads like this rejoice always pray without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you the man was a constant complainer everybody was sick of it but he was notified that he was getting a large inheritance. And when it arrived, he complained that it wasn't as big as he thought it should have been. But he took the money anyway, and he bought himself a farm. And he turned to his wife and he said, what should we call the farm? Immediately she responded, call it belly acres. A thankful person can find comfort in nothing. A complaining person, I'm sorry, I got that backwards. A thankful person can find something of comfort in everything. A complaining person can find no comfort in anything. Complaining, as modeled by the Israelites, read by Jim in the Numbers passage earlier, are kind of the model for people who constantly are downers in our midst. They whine, they grouse, they grumble, and you wonder what it is that's going on. You can be sure of one thing, that people who complain a lot are discontented within. Since sin entered the world in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, people have had difficulty giving thanks I have difficulty at times and I think it's a human characteristic that we aren't naturally born with thankfulness welling up in our hearts uh, thankfulness is a quality that has to be nurtured and grown and formed and how do we do that for our children and how do we learn to walk in the way of thankfulness in our path of life well, some people say, count your blessings instead of the things you don't have. Take stock of what you've been given, add it all up, and, well, does that really do the job? Because if that's the case, then those who have most abundance in life, have lots of stuff, should be overwhelmingly thankful people. And those who have less abundance should not be thankful to that same degree. And that's not 
what we experience in life, is it? We meet all kinds of people at economic levels, social levels, and there is no way that you could tie abundance with thankfulness. Well, the difficulty of giving thanks grows greater when we have much stuff. There's more to protect, there's more to oversee, there's more to guard. And it's a deception that begins to build where we begin to walk away from understanding that everything in this world and in our lives and in our possession and in our person has been given on loan from God to you and me. Thankfulness has no direct correspondence to the amount of stuff that you have. We live in a time and a country that is overwhelmingly abundant, even during this period of growing inflation. But that hasn't led for everybody to become thankful people. You still hear complaints and grumbling and grousing. And once in a while, we even hear those words come out of our own lips or heart. We live in an age when many people embrace the idea of entitlement. I'm entitled to get all this, and maybe even more, we say. I read of a man who constantly boasted about being a self-made success. Oh, he was successful, all right. But his friend decided that he had heard enough of this constant boasting. And he said to this man, well, you certainly have relieved the Lord of a great responsibility. Not only that, but the Lord was deprived of thankfulness from this man who had so much. The truth is, we are only stewards, only overseers of that which is on loan from God for our lifetime. Abundance can affect us in another way as well, if you don't watch out. I recall years ago when I took our firstborn son, Steve, to New York City and we entered the famous toy store, FAO Schwartz, which is noted for having all kinds of toys, huge display. He got into that store and he acted like he was the ball in an arcade pinball machine bouncing all over the place. And he was so frantically engaged with all that was surrounding him that he couldn't even focus on one toy or another. In some ways, some of us folks have a similar sort of problem that we get bounced around by having too much abundance and takes our eyes off of the one who gives it to us. The truth is, we are only, we are but overseers and stewards of that which God gives us in life. Well, okay, that's enough of the problem. What do we do about it? Where do we go from there? I think it begins with humility. The scriptures are filled with that sort of thought. Confessing that we did not create ourselves. We don't preserve ourselves. 
and that everything we have and are as a human being is ultimately a gift from God. St. Paul nudges us to give thanks in all circumstances. Did you get that? In all circumstances, not for all circumstances, not the bad stuff. But what he's saying is that we give thanks for the fact that God is with us in all circumstances. Whether we're up or down, whether we're in turmoil or in joy. Oh, how easy it is to forget that, especially in a land of plenty. It begins with humility, but then it goes on from there. In Jesus Christ, God has given us things that the world cannot give. The forgiveness of our sins. The positive hope of a future, even after the grave, to be sharing eternal life with the one who has given all through his son Christ. Oh, put an end to Satan's influence and power, the nasty stuff that takes place. And then, sending his Holy Spirit to be with us on our journey of life. This is the God who made us, the God who looks to you and me to reflect his kind of life and light wherever there is darkness around us. So we can offer thanks in the presence of all circumstances. God is there, whether we have much or little. When you read the Psalms, there are so many of them, 150 of them, but probably one-third are blessings of thankfulness that the psalmists are giving back to God. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods for his steadfast love forever. That's just an example out of Psalm 123. Ah, we may not feel like it, do it anyway, and I'll tell you why. Jesus said that where your treasure is, there your heart will follow. Your heart will be there also. He had something special in mind when he said those words because we usually like to reverse it. Where your heart is, there your treasure is going to be. That's not what Jesus said. Give and invest where you want your heart to be. You ask yourself, since I am a child of God, what can I do to become a thankful person that he wants me to be? And then go ahead and do it. Take the action. Eventually, actions affect character. Actions can affect attitudes. If you want to grow in your faith, bring a thank offering to God. Wherever your treasure is, your heart is sure to follow. Jesus doesn't tell us to feel thankful. He says, offer your thanks. Just like that Samaritan in the gospel reading for tonight did. 
You ever thought about the fact that there were several lepers who got cleansed, but it was only Israel's enemy who came back to thank Jesus? Why was that? It was because he didn't have a priest to go to. He went straight to the source of his healing. Well, since I'm a child of God, what is it that I want to become? A thankful person. To command somebody to feel thankful doesn't work. Our will doesn't work that way, even with a command. And just because somebody orders it doesn't mean it's going to happen. When Jesus said, love your neighbor, he wasn't talking about an emotion. The Greek word means to serve the neighbor's need. It's an action. Having taken human flesh into himself, the very son of God and son of Mary, he knows that human action can affect character and the integrity of the inner self. It may not happen overnight. In fact, the journey of life, it's continuing. But as the Holy Spirit nudges us, as we keep at it, we grow into thankful people. He first gave his life, Jesus did, with unquenchable love for you and for me. And what he did during his three years of public ministry and the years before that as well, and the years after that up till now, ending in his earthly life with an excruciating death on a cross and with an unexpected breaking out of the tomb on Easter morning, thankfulness can't help but begin to sprout in your heart when the Spirit helps grab that into your life through faith. St. Paul described thankful people this way, and he did it in the letter to the Philippians. And I think if we can get the screen up on that last slide, I'd like to invite you to join me in speaking these words together. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God, without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. And that, my friends, leads to the best celebration of a thanksgiving that you and I can have for it lasts long after tomorrow and all the way into eternity. Amen.